Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome to the most extreme menage a violence you'll ever experience on the extreme three-way dance. I'm JT, and joining me as always are Matt and Jenny. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Happy Thanksgiving. It's true, yes. This is our Thanksgiving edition, the a, bloody, uh, bloody Thanksgiving. Yes, a very extreme, th- uh, the most extreme Thanksgiving there's ever been. I th- Well, maybe not, but it's a very extreme Thanksgiving. I mean, whether you're... You know, this is dropping around 11 a.m., so either you're prepping Thanksgiving festivities at your house, maybe, so you put mm-hmm. this on and get fired up while you're carving <laughs> up the turkey, do. or maybe you're getting ready to head out. You just finished watching the parade. You can put this on while you're in the shower and getting dressed and getting headed out to the family. So what what better way to kick <laughs> off your holiday than a trip through the land of extreme? Maybe there'll and... be an ECW balloon this year. Who can say? <laughs> it could be, yes. Sabu. Sabaloon. <laughs> Sabaloon. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what you unleashed. Uh, all right, we are matriculating through 1997 at quite the pace. We are here in July. Uh, at the end of tonight's episode, we will be on the go home to Hardcore Heaven, our second ever ECW pay per view. We'll cover that in two weeks. Exciting times. And it really feels now like ECW is just, I don't want to say just another promotion, but just a standard wrestling promotion now, right? Like we're kind of going through TV. We got a pay-per-view every few months. So it feels like we've really settled into a bit more of a cadence of what a standard promotion would be versus kind of this all over the place that it was prior to this. Mm -hmm. Still a little wonky in the details as far as learning how to book in that in between times. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, they're full fledged. even the production, like, you know, yeah, like the, yeah. I, I oh, think yeah. we got more Chiron, we got a little bit more music drops, like things that look a little bit more, I don't want to say polished, because it's still never really mm-hmm. polished, but it's, it's uh, just a little bit more organized, I guess. Right. I would say. There's a cleaner look. It doesn't look like someone smeared Vaseline all over the cameras anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can tell they're trying to present it as an actual, more of a television show versus like a public access program that it was prior to this. Right. And they're doing a good job at 
at not doing it too slick though because right. anything too slick is going to turn me off and it's still grimy and dirty enough right yeah there's, yeah there's still a grit to it for sure that that never goes away so good yeah we'll see if it gets there maybe maybe a little bit but uh all right so tonight we have four episodes of television plus a bonus match Requested by our good friend Rocca Martone of Clotheslines and Headlines 2.0 here on the North-South Connection. Uh, made a special request to cover a match along the way. So we're going to do that as we move through the TV. But more on that in a bit. We're going to open on July 22nd, 1997. And we open in progress with a tag title match from Heatwave. That is the Dudley Boys taking on the Gangsters. New Jack is in the midst of climbing a cage. Uh, he sets up and dives off the cage with a frog splash onto Devon to a huge pop. Joey knows that Bubba is limping and perhaps rebroke his ankle, but he grabs the keyboard and smashes it over New Jack's head. Mustafa pops up and works over Bubba, but Devon recovers and makes a save. They go low on Mustafa by using New Jack's head. Devon scales a cage, but Jack hunts him down, knocks him off to the floor, leaving Bubba alone. Bubba hangs in and takes Jack off the cage with a cutter, but his ankle is too banged up, and Mustafa covers to win the titles on behalf of the gangsters. So we didn't get to see too much here. We saw the one big spot. We saw that Bubba may be hurt again. And we do have new champions uh, as the gangsters kind of get out of the mud and back up to the top of the ECW Tag Team Mountain. Uh, I didn't grade this. It was just more highlights than a match. But pretty big moment, Jenny, to see the gangsters regain the belts here after we've been talking about how they seem a little lost. Uh, I was very shocked. Yes, was not expecting that outcome. Uh, happy about it, though, I think. it. I'm always unsure about them. I'm always like, because... You get the same sort of matches from them. Um, and so, I, and honestly, I didn't know how much longer they were sticking around because it feels like they're in and out a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, so I, I thought it was surprising. And that is the, <laughs> that jump from the top of the cage was fucking sick. Um, and all the weapons and everybody bleeding. So you could tell it was an insane match and very hard to see into the cage, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting that they put the tag titles back on the gangsters because, like Jenny said, it feels kind of like they've been in and out and they've taken a big step back from where they were even a few months ago. So I I do find it interesting that they're they're giving the titles back to them. And I think I think we all kind of feel like the gangsters are better like chasing the titles than they are with the titles so again that's that's another uh interesting choice but uh, the match that uh, the clips of the match that they showed here looked pretty good so and that dive off the cage was sick and that that cage was very tall that was i think that was like that was like a shoot 15 foot cage so that's (laughs) like i jack i think at one point like his head almost hit the ceiling or there was like some pipe or bar or something Mm -hmm. that he grabs onto (laughs) trying not to decapitate himself as he dives off the cage but yeah what we saw here here looks good looked good so this cage looks better than wcw cages uh from the same time mm. <laughs> yeah the wcw cage at the times is as rickety as the guys in it uh agent yeah. uh, the infamous <laughs> right. agent of the cage would be coming soon <laughs> to help me have it with hogan and piper <laughs> so all right we get our opening animation joey's in, in the ring welcomes us to heat wave before he can get going though he sees blue mini in the crowd he's wearing taz gear and he beckons out Joey, but Joey will not go. Lance Wright cuts off Joey and says he'll do it instead. Meanie's acting a fool and mocks Taz and then runs into the crowd. Lance chases him. Joey kind of resets the show. Out comes ravishing Rick Rude with a pair of ladies who start rubbing on Joey. Joey says Rude has a big announcement. And Rick reveals that after six months of negotiations with ECW, he has signed a two-year contract this afternoon. He's no longer on a daily deal. The crowd's kind of pumped for that. Joey seems excited. 
Joey then sets up our big six-man main event for tonight as the girls continue to fondle him. They ponder who the mystery partner could be for Dreamer and Sandman. Rude shits on Lawler. Joey and Rude stay horny, and they all do the hip swivel as we wrap up. Uh, so, Matt, were you excited that Rick Rude has uh, signed a long-term deal here in ECW? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, uh, I know I had my problems with him at the beginning, but he has turned into a, quite the entertaining part of uh, of ECW. So, yeah, I mean, he's been great on commentary with Joey, which was the biggest uh, issue I had at the start. So good on him for signing. Uh, the meanie thing I thought was very weird and kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> I, I feel like they like him and um, – like Nova, but they don't really know what to do with them now with the right. BWO dead. And I'm I'm actually surprised they ended it. Like I don't yeah. know why. Me too. Like I know Stevie was a big part of it, but these groups lose guys all the time. Like they couldn't find another person off the bench to like throw in with the two of them and let them still be the BWO. Right. I guess maybe with Raven and Stevie gone, they felt it kind of be lost. But yeah, they're not doing anything anyway, so. Right. I mean, if if Meany's just going to do nothing and, you know, call out Taz, you might as well just keep the BWO going, which, by the way, I would have loved to see Taz choke Meany out. That would have been something. Yeah, that would have Maybe we're <laughs> and, building to that. <laughs> and uh, uh, I think uh, Joey here was fantastic here, acting like he had never been in the presence of a woman before <laughs> inside the <laughs> ring. I, I thought he was uh, fantastic here. So good stuff here. I loved Joey this entire segment. Like, even when Lance goes over there to talk to Meanie, he's like, and he runs off. He's like, go get him. Go get him. <laughs> like, um, yeah, the ladies, Joey's reaction to the ladies, all great. Joey's just his, he just seems in the zone and his and having fun. I like seeing him have fun. Um, so I just super loved all of this. Um, excited for recruit to finally get a deal and took him long enough you know what's the guy got to do um to get a deal around here in ecw so uh this was a great way to open the show the dullies are in an alley with their belts joel gertner's with them said it's been mandated that the titles must be defended live on pay-per-view at hardcore heaven and nobody better than the eliminators to defend but sadly Saturn has a bum leg, so actual champions will defend them. The gangsters, if they can show up to Hardcore Heaven, that is. The Dullies will hand the belts over to them. The Dullies goof around. They promise to hand the belts over. And Joel says they'll shave his head and his chest if the gangsters actually show up. But they can't because he's petitioning that the titles will revert back to the previous owners, the Dudleys, who will defend the gold. I think this is okay. Like, Gertner's always good. But this is that one pet peeve of mine with ECW is when they do these kind of convoluted storylines to explain their way out of things like we know saturn's hurt i guess this is the way of saying something's up with mustafa perhaps and like the gangsters may not show up or something because mm-hmm. why all of a sudden may they not be there and instead of just saying like if they no show the dudley's will my forfeit he's like the belts will revert back to the previous owner and it's just like very like a little maybe too high concepts of an angle. Uh-huh. Um, and this is one thing with ECW we get sometimes where out of nowhere, like there's no stage setting for this. Like we should have had Joey first saying, hey, we're going to hear for the delis because there may be an issue with the gangsters and they may not make it, right? Like give us something besides this. I'm expecting the delis to cut a promo complaining about losing the belt. And now suddenly they may become champions by default. So I don't know. This is all very confusing. It was extremely confusing. Joel's not the person to explain these things to us because I don't believe anything that he says. (laughs) So (laughs) I was thinking maybe it was like one of those things where it was like this promo was before that match happened. And maybe that's where I wasn't. So it was just confusing. Um, 
talking shit about Saturn ain't going to get you nowhere good, though. That's what I know. Um, it was basic. They're better with Joel, I think. But, um, yeah, I, this was a little bit too complicated for the Dudleys, Matt. Yeah, th- this uh, this was kind of all over the place, and I was uh, I was quite confused because I was like, wait, didn't the the gangsters just win the tag? Right. T- was that like was that a non-title match? Did I miss something? Like I was super confused, so I actually had to go back watch it again and make sure I was right, which I was. So, but yeah, it's just super weird. And like you guys, even if they had Joey just say, hey, here's what happened, yeah. uh, here's what here's what's going, just something, so you don't have this confusing promo. And even I feel like Gertner was even a little bit off here like i feel like he was i don't think he understood what the fuck was going on either. Right. <laughs> he was probably like i don't know he's like he, he i'll do my best but he was he wasn't whole ass gertner you know uh-uh. so yeah uh definitely uh very confusing and uh was all over the place all right joey arud recap the tag situation we're told that the super cutter blew out new jack's back and dick beat him with a chair caused neuro damage and he's under testing right now uh, so now he explains it, right? So that's fine. He's basically right. saying New Jack a badly injured in this match and may not make it to Hardcore Heaven. He says it's mandated the tag titles must be defended at the show, so we're unsure who will be defending. It could be the former champs. And again, they should have done this before Gertner because yes. it would have made a whole lot, hell of a lot more sense. Right. I wouldn't have been confused and made my brain hurt, goddammit. <laughs> All right, to the ring we go. Our first match, official match of the night, is John Cronus taking on Pablo Marquez. Cronus heads out with Saturn. He saws his giant cast on. It looks like we're on the precipice of a Cronus solo run now. The crowd is all in on Saturn during the intros. There's a cool moment. Marquez attacks at the bell. He's all over Cronus, getting a Rana and a drop kick to knock him to the floor. He meets him out there with a baseball slide and a somersault plancha. Back inside, Pablo gets on top of Rana and slugs away, but Cronus ducks the charge and flings him to the floor. Saturn bashes Pablo with the crutch, throws him inside, and Cronus hits him with the T-bone and a leg lariat, and then slams Pablo and finishes with a 450. Uh, pure squash shitty, but I thought Pablo actually balled out a bit and looked pretty good <laughs> in this. Uh, he was flying around a bit, and uh, selling was really good. And I think I think solo Cronus can be pretty entertaining because he does have a pretty impactful moveset. So, Jenny went one star, just, just a squash, but... I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see what Cronus could do on his own. I had the same thought. Um, and I can't decide whether I'm happy or, or sad to see Saturn just around on the side. Like, look, dude, like this sucks enough that you're not here. Why are you here? And then I don't know. <laughs> you, you make me anxious because I'm afraid you're going to get involved because you 100% are going to get involved because you always do. Um, and it's a little distracting because I'm trying to pay attention to Cronus. Who I enjoy watching, and I thought he did pretty well in this little squash match, and I enjoyed his opponent too. So I did the one star as well, Matt. Yeah, it was a fairly, uh, fairly standard squash here. It was really good. The crowd was uh, really hot, and Cronus looked really good, and uh, they gave Pablo a little bit of shine here too. So uh, yeah, always impressive when Cronus hits that 450. I'll never not pop for that. Mm, that's same. a, that's a big dude doing that move. So uh, yeah, fun little sprint here. I also went a star. All right, we get Joey and Rude in the nest. They hype up tonight's main event. We then get a long video package highlighting the Jerry Lawler ECW feud. Get an ad for Hardcore Heaven. Rude says for fans to use their freedom of choice over the show. Ignore the thought police and go ahead and order it. Joey says to dump cable, get a dish, and says they rocked the Elks Lodge in Queens last night. And then again at Heat Wave. And that brings us to... Our next match, which is our champion, <laughs> we haven't seen him uh, quite a bit, honestly, and that is Terry Funk taking on the franchise, Shane Douglas. Douglas is in the ring with Francine, he grabs a mic, 
says he's heard all the BS about Rude and how everyone is making waves, but tonight he makes history once again because it's time to take back his title. He takes a shot at Raven, calls him a piece of shit in Atlanta. Out comes Funk. Uh, he's got his title. He's got a chair in tow. Joey notes that Funk is playing mind games. He's wearing black and gold to mess with the franchise. Funk tosses chairs in the ring, smashes Shane with one outside, and pummels away with fists and headbutts, just mauling him. Shane bails into the crowd, but Funk follows. Funky's pouring it on until Shane grabs a chair, hits him a couple times. Funk no-sells and doles out some receipts. They head back in the ring where Shane grabs the crutch and batters Funk in the knee. Slugs him down hard. Funk counters a spinning toe hold with a small package, but Shane clips his knee, chokes him with a crutch. Shane keeps hammering away at him, but Funk shakes him off and fires back with punches and chops. Drops Shane and then drags him outside where he suplexes him through a table. It's a loud chance. Funk grabs a chair and heads back in, but Shane crunches him a low blow. Sets up two chairs. Funk blocks a suplex and then suplexes Shane through the chairs, which looked like it hurt. Mm. Funk goes in on the back with the chair and then drops him knee first on another open chair. Funk keeps slamming the chair in Shane's leg, hooks a toehold, but Shane calls Francine in the ring. Funk releases. Funk hits an atomic drop on Francine. She collapses outside. Funk heads out and hooks a toehold on Shane on the floor, but out comes Chris Candido to make the save. Uh, Francine jumps on Funk and then chokes away. As Joey says, it took a whole lot more than this to get disqualified in an ECW title match. Funk crawls in the ring with Francine on his back and flicks her off. Shane comes in, but Funk keeps hammering away. He's just dominated this match. Francine is covered in Funk's blood. The crowd is chanting HIV. <laughs> Funk and his bloodied ear hook the toehold again, but Shane punches free as Funk throws down the ref. Out comes another ref as Francine comes back in and starts biting Funk in the ear, and suddenly we cut out. Uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know if Peacock didn't want to show that or if uh, that's how it really aired on ECW TV that they were trying to play it up like it was extra gruesome. But they just kind of cut away uh, when Francine is biting the ear. Of course, this is playing off of Mike Tyson, uh, Evander Holyfield, which had, uh, occurred weeks before this when Tyson bit his ear. Kind of a weird match. It was a wild, crazy brawl that Funk really dominated the whole way. It just looked like a machine unloading strikes and chair shots. Douglas took a shit kicking and some nasty bumps, and it felt like he might steal the title before the Holy Seal ending. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, and then it, it kind of just dropped off at the end, Jenny, but I went two and three quarters. So, yeah, the ending was disappointing, but before that, it had everything, literally mm -hmm. everything. We went outside for a little bit of a street brawl. Um, we did all the crowd stuff. Um, we did some crutches. I love that spot. Um, they, when they got back in the ring and they were just doing the trading blows, trading punches, that was good. Like that was some really good punches thrown in there and chops too. Um, that table spot was super sick. Um, freaking Francine mm -hmm. took that atomic drop and just fucking dropped off the face of the earth. Like I was <laughs> like, holy shit. And then she took another one. She was like almost the, she almost outworked Funk in this fucking match, in my opinion. And then I was laughing at the HIV chance. Um, and then there's so much, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what I could have expected from the ending. I guess the DQ is the only way you could really go after that. So maybe it's fine that they just cut off, but it was off-putting, and I was like, maybe we'll see this footage later, but I guess not. Um, but I did give it the three, because it was a pretty sick match. Yeah, uh, JT, you hit on my main point of this match, too, which is basically I, I was surprised at how much Shane got the shit kicked out of him. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I get that Funk is the world champion, but he's 53, <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's against a guy who's built like a brick shit house right now in Shane Douglas. So I, I, I thought that was kind of weird. And uh, the, the ending... 
whether it was the intent or not kind of took away from the match for me. Like if it ends up being some sort of DQ finish, I feel like that's kind of weak because I feel like we have seen much worse things in an ECW ring and that doesn't get DQ'd. So um, I'm hoping that it's not some sort of like DQ finish or something because that would be really strange to me. Uh, I thought it was kind of fine, but I, I do feel like Funk has kind of been disappointing as world champion because you know he's he has this match which I wasn't all that high on it, it was fine and then you know he hasn't been here in seemingly eight months mm-hmm. so I just think Funk has been kind of disappointing as champion and I mean the guy's 53 and he's Terry Funk so I half get it but like I, I don't know I feel like it's kind of time for him to uh, drop the title to someone maybe even Shane so we'll see right. but uh, yeah I uh, I only went two and a half on the match yeah, and it is ECW, so it's like we know they can manage multiple stories. So it's not like, well, they had the Lawler stuff and mm-hmm. we didn't need it. I mean, I think any other champion probably would have been there in another feud. So I don't right. know if he's just winding down, if he mm-hmm. was in Japan. We know that sooner than later we have the retirement thing coming up. So <laughs> it's, right. you know, yeah, it's it's a tough one. We we've, we kind of rehashed it over the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, they did it for the moment. It barely legal. Mm-hmm. But it feels like maybe it should have been a quicker rain, like just, you know, by the next show, pull it off him um, if he's not going to be consistent. But also get it that it's Terry Funk, right? They don't want right. to embarrass him or treat him poorly. So mm-hmm. they're lucky that they have this uh, Dota F feud that is such, um, you know, so hot that it, it, you don't really don't miss the world title feud at all with that right. going on. And Taz is TV champion is like a world champion right. as well. Right. So that's, you know, that's a big deal too. So, all right. Uh, Joey Ruder in the nest. Uh, they say we had a DQ and ECW title match because Francine uh, bit the air, the cut ear of Terry Funk. We get a statement of writing from Todd Gordon. This is ECW discourages his qualifications, but there was no choice this time due to Francine's actions. Even after allowing extra slack, when Candido got involved, compared it to the blemish of Mike Tyson and says his actions are horrible and not just not just extreme. So they really were leaning into like this being abhorrent that Francine bit <laughs> of all people Francine right. bit his bloody ear. <laughs> And uh, messed them up. So, all right, takes us to our main event. That is Tommy Dreamer, the Sandman, and Ravishing Rick Rude taking on Rob Van Dam, Sabu, and Jerry Lawler. And Rude, of course, wasn't announced, but here he is as Team DDF is in the cage. Dreamer, Sandman, and Beulah head out with a shopping cart full of beer and a keg. Lawler grabs a mic and says, Nobody in the DDF or WCW would accept that mystery spot. But in comes Rick Rude, who cuts him off and says if they want to play hardball and talk shit about his company, they got a partner. And Rude throws down the mic and heads to the ring to a pop. So he's here to defend ECW, the new the company he just signed a long-term deal for. King is a little bit shook. King shit talks Rude. He asks what he's trying to pull. Joey says Rude can't wrestle. We all know that. King calls Rude a gimp and a cripple. Rude drinks a beer at the boys. He heads into the cage with Dreamer and Sandman. King keeps rubbing his mouth, saying he loves it. Joey says Rude is risking paralysis. He shouldn't be in the ring. Rude, of course, then turns and attacks Tommy Dreamer and kicks the shit out of him. The rest of the crew pounces and joins in. Rude leaves to booze and smirks and then rams Beulah into the cage. Rude throws chairs in the cage and locks the door as the crowd chants, you sold out. We fade out before we get to see the ensuing carnage. So no match yet, which I figured was coming when I saw the runtime. This whole thing was starting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did see a huge angle as the pro ECW Rude is now dead. Uh, the turn has happened, and which I guess makes sense given everything else in play. He is obviously a longtime WWF guy, uh, a WCW guy. It would make sense perhaps that he would 
uh, be against ECW once he gets paid. The angle continues to blossom. It's boiling with heat. It's been really perfectly booked the whole way. Uh, it didn't feel forced that Rude turned again. It felt believable. Um, and it's kind of a long con. He plays ball for a while, signs a big deal, and then turns on him. So I liked, I liked Rude turning, Matt. I thought it was a pretty good next step. We'll see where it goes. Is he going to stay as a commentator? Like, where do things progress from here? But for now, it, it felt right. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I thought this was really well done. Uh, I, I really like how they just keep adding new layers to this Lawler, Dreamer, ECW, mm-hmm. WWE feud. I think all of it has been fantastic. And I think, you know, I think this is great. And credit to Root for wanting to turn heel when, I mean, he really could have just sat on that contract, that cushy contract as a commentator and not done anything, you know. And it makes sense that he's turning heel because, let's face it, Rick Root is a fucking heel. You right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> so it makes perfect sense it's a he's great kind of been a heel the whole time it's right cw it's like a face role um and it's just that shane is so hated and right. he's anti-shane so he's kind of de facto face but right so i mean i i, I think it's perfect that uh rude is joining up with lawler it makes just perfect sense uh and the only other note i'll make is uh they came out uh dreamer and law uh dreamer and law dreamer and sandman came out with a shopping cart and i thought that thing they had in a shopping cart was like a giant bong or like some sort of <laughs> yoga ball i didn't realize it was a keg until they, <laughs> until they uh, started drinking beer out of it so but yeah awesome stuff okay so this was so obvious, and I so did not see it coming. Like, I was fucking shocked. And I'm like, why are you so shocked, you dumb bitch? He should have seen this coming. Um, but it was so perfectly done, and I was so in love with Rude. You know, we were just like, he's so great with Joey. Like, he's bringing these ladies out to the ring mm-hmm. with Joey. And, like, everybody was all happy. And I just thought he was fucking brilliant Mm. and the whole thing has been wonderful um it literally hurt when he turned like that's how ingrained he had gotten into what we were doing here and i'd I'd fully accepted him as as moving forward and i just it was it was wonderful and terrifying and devastating i loved it all right, that wraps up our first episode. Uh, best match of the night, I guess, by kind of uh, de facto, was Douglas Funk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Worst match, uh, Cronus and Marquez. Yep. Yep. Best moment, I want New Jack's cage frog splash. I guess I'm going to tag on also Rude's turn. Um, yeah, you got to go Rude's Yeah, turn. I had to go Rude there. Most 90s, I went the biting of the ear. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Stock Rising, The Gangsters, The Dudleys, Cronus, and Rude. Um, yeah. And for me, Francine. Yeah, I would add she Francine, was, too. She was mm-hmm. MVP. Stock Falling, that's with poor Funk's ear. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to get that shit cauterized or something. Yeah, that ear is That was nasty. Uh, final grade, I mean... We didn't get much in the ring, but it was a pretty eventful episode. We had the mm-hmm. title change. We had the rude turn. We had the biting of the year. So it was like a lot going on and rude in the contract before the turn. So I went seven out of 10. I mean, it was a pretty entertaining episode overall, even though we didn't really have like the one killer match we should get. I did the same. Seven out of 10. I went a notch lower. I went six and a half, but still really good. 
Okay. All right, let's move along to July 29th, 1997. We open a round where we left off last week. Rude is throwing chairs in the cage, locks the door. We see a bloodied Beulah walking to the back as Funk hobbles the ringside to stalk down Rude. Chris Candido and Shane Douglas come out. They beat down Funk. RVD, Sabu, and Lawler are mauling Dreamer and Sandman in the ring with a vicious assault. Funk fends off Douglas and Candido as the crowd chants for Taz. Out comes Bigelow. He beats on Funk. Some other ECW wrestlers come out, but they can't get into the cage because Lawler keeps swatting them down. Bigelow grates Funk's torn up face on the steel. Funk is bloodied and trying to battle back as Joey tells us Funk and Douglas will now face off at Hardcore Heaven in a rematch. The bloody dreamer gets crucified with handcuffs as Lawler rants on the mic some more and then keeps slugging away at his nuts as Tommy screams in pain. Sabu and RVD batter Sammy with chairs and then mash Tommy with one and leave it wrapped around his head. King continues to talk shit and torture Tommy's balls as Sandman gets cuffed as well. King wants things finished off so he gets stereo vandaminators by both on both guys. Taz finally shows up and T-bones Candido into the first row. He gets in the cage. RVD, Sabu, and Fonzie take off. Taz talks King and throws some punches at Taz. Hits a back suplex, but Taz no-sells it, and he chokes out Lawler to a big pop. The triple threat get in the ring and attack Taz, but he won't let go. In comes Sabu, who finally breaks the hold and pulls King to safety. Rude, Francine, and the triple threat stay in the cage and beat down Taz while keeping Funk at bay. Candido puts a Taz mission on Taz, and then they stand tall to booze. Just a completely manic, wild scene. Uh, you know, obviously no match ended up happening there, but it didn't need it. It was a pure, pure chaos. We kind of see some alignment. We see Taz, who's been a little hesitant to get involved in this feud, which he hates. Uh, but he's been out there uh, now, you know, maybe not defending ECW, but just kind of had it with all his bullshit. And we also have, um, you know, Rude drawing the line. We have the triple threat getting involved. Are they there? you know, to work with the RVD and Lawler or are they there just to attack funk? So it's kind of like, what are all the moving pieces involved in this Jenny? But it was, it was a red hot scene. Oh my God. It kept going on and on. Sabu just going nuts in the cage. I was like, what the fuck? It was like a whole breakdown. Um, and when they started crucifying Tommy, I'm like, okay, holy shit. Um, totally the handcuffed him and Sandman. Um, when Taz came in, <laughs> Joey said, Lawler's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but even then, Taz gets his fucking ass beat. Like, and we haven't seen that. <laughs> so I was stunned. I was shocked. It was, it's like everything is just, it's like a fucking bomb just dropped in the, in the middle of ECW, Matt. Yeah, uh, chaos, complete chaos, and it was absolutely incredible. Just the crowd heat was unreal. Just people wanting everybody in there who was on Team WWF just dead. Like, oh, it was unreal stuff. Uh, you got Taz coming in, uh, locking in the Taz mission on Lawler to a massive pop. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, Lawler has been, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Lawler has been killing it. I mean, this is probably, this may be sacrilege, but this is probably like my favorite Jerry Lawler thing, my favorite Jerry Lawler stuff ever. Like, I've never been a huge fan of Lawler, but this is absolutely incredible. And uh, I don't know if this was the intent or if this was part of the thought process, but I do like that the triple threat are also like, all ex WWF guys too, so I don't know if that went into the thought process right. somehow by uh, getting them involved. But if if that was part of the uh, part of the thought process, it's a nice touch and it's brilliant. So yeah, I I loved every second of this. Just amazing stuff. All right, we got our opening animation, and then we go to the ring where Rick Rude is, and he keeps trying to talk, but the crowd will not quiet down. <laughs> Chanting asshole loudly. 
uh, an F word, of course, the other F word that they shouldn't be saying. Mm. Uh, after a bunch of teases, Rude finally just shouts all over them, tells them that tells the Buffalo Boneheads to keep it down, and out comes the Triple Threat. Joey's in from the nest from Buffalo, says his former colleague is in the ring. Triple Threat, dap up Rude. Douglas takes the mic and says he had 365 days with sweetness, and Francine says this time the trick was on all the fans. Rude calls for his music and dances and thrusts around, and it looks like Rude perhaps is with the Triple Threat, Matt, after all this stuff with Douglas. Yeah, that surprised the hell out of me. I didn't I didn't see that coming. I mean, I'm assuming uh, uh, Shane offered Francine as a make it good. Uh, that's yep. my that's my mm-hmm. guess. So uh, but yeah, I mean, it, Shane is a great uh, talker, as we all know. But I like Rude as a manager being able to talk for Shane in case Shane doesn't want to say a fucking word and wants to do his talking in the ring. I like Rude being there, even if right. he's just, you know, standing outside of the ring looking menacing as he is uh, want to do. Like, I just think Rude being a part of the uh, quadruple threat now, I guess, <laughs> is, is, uh, is a great uh, a great spot for him. So, yeah. And it makes Shane looks like a genius, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But he's really just a pimp because that's all that Rick right. wanted was him some Francine, um, which he plays to the hilt perfectly. And so does she and so does Shane. So I don't know. I, as hurt as I was by the turn, this shit is sexy and I like it. All right. Joey recaps the ongoing Dreamer Lawler feud and the Cruz uh, feud including saying Rude has revealed himself to be the triple threat, but also took a payoff from Rude. He says the oddest six-man team ever is about to be formed. We go backstage after the cage assault, where the bloody Tommy and Beulah are carried in and taken care of. Taz comes in and grabs Tommy and says if he wanted a partner, he has one. We then go to our next match, which is Sabu taking on Wild Bill Wiles. Who? I don't know. <laughs> Fonzie brings out RVD and Sabu for the Shiller Showcase. RVD grabs the mic, says DCW's a late-night weekend TV program, and that's what kind of idiot would be RVD on that show against a guy like Wild Bill Wiles. <laughs> Sabu slugs Wiles and stomps away and takes RVD's place. Sabu stomps away some more, hits a flying clothesline, mashes him with a chair. Joey says Sabu and Sandman wrestle for the first time ever at Hardcore Heaven 97. Sabu gets a springboard Rana, knocks Wiles outside, hits a baseball slide. RVD throws Wiles into the crowd, and Sabu meets him with an insane springboard dive. RVD gets some shots on Wiles outside and throws him in. Sabu keeps pouring it on. Sabu slings a chair at Wiles' head, and then RVD stomps some more on it. RVD puts Wiles on a table. Sabu has a triple jump leg drop through it, but it doesn't break, so he does it again, and this time it collapses instead of breaking. <laughs> Ugly looking. The crowd is insane here as Sabu finishes with a camel clutch. RVD drop kicks a chair in Wiles' face. Sabu releases the hold. They beat the shit out of Wiles some more with Fonzie getting a jump kick in as well. RVD says this is a Monday night level performance, and Fonzie rants about hating Sandman. Awesome squash. Uh, these three are on, completely on fire. Just an amazing package. RVD is as locked in as any character has ever been in wrestling. Uh, in the ring as well. Pure spectacle. The qu- crowd was lit. Uh, just three dudes who are owning their roles right now. So I went two and a half, Matt. Uh, my God, this was unbelievable. <laughs> just an unreal <laughs> showcase for Sabu. Uh, poor Bill Wiles is no longer with us, I would imagine, <laughs> after this match, because uh, Sabu uh, fucking killed him multiple times, in fact. Like, I, I, I don't think he was selling. I think he really was just hurting. Yeah. The, the chair shot to the head was brutal. Uh, who knew that Buffalo, New York, uh, made the strongest tables in the country? Because <laughs> yes. that motherfucker wouldn't break for anything. Good, Sabu just 
whole ass dives on it twice and it does not break. Oh my God. So uh, yeah, just an amazing, amazing showcase for Sabu. I actually went two and three quarter on this. This was fantastic. I did two and three quarters too. I couldn't help it. It's RVD. Oh, he's like, I ain't wrestling in a late night weekend wrestling show. <laughs> it's just, he's just so good. Like this is just all so good. And then it just plugs Sabu in. Sabu just snaps on this guy. That baseball slide, boom, and then just wrecks his ass for like five minutes. I mean, it might as well be five stars. I don't know. It was awesome. It was. RVD is just insane, and Sabu is right there with him. It's it's pretty pretty awesome stuff. All right, we get a Hardcore Heaven 97 video package. Joey hypes the local tickets for Fort Lauderdale and the Northeast travel packages to Florida. We get a recap video of the hot night in Buffalo. We get some match clips of Mikey Whipwreck beating Barry Hardy, who actually gets no offense. The triple threat wrecking Spike, Nova, and Marquez. Cronus beating Spicoli with a 450. Dreamer getting attacked by RVD, Sabu, and Fonzie and saved by Taz. Bubba Ray and Balls brawling outside and then in the ring where the Dudleys beat Axon Balls and the teams fight after with the Dudleys standing tall. New Jack coming in with a bucket of weapons that kicks the shit out of his rivals with everything he brought out, including a Nintendo and the kitchen sink. And then Joey says New Jack is back. Jenny, any quick thoughts on Buffalo? I, I was disappointed, honestly, because like this was too many things uh, right in a row. And like I w- really wanted to watch more of this. So it really just was frustrating. <laughs> this little run of clips for me. Well, yeah. Why even show this shit? Just tell us. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked like a pretty fun show. Uh, the only thing I'll add is, good lord, I love a good uh, guitar shot with powder by New Jack. I love that spot. It's just, it's such a great look. So, yeah, awesome. All right, Pulp Fiction time. RVD, Sabu, and Fonzie are backstage. RVD talks about Sabu facing Sandman in Florida. He's worried about Sabu, but he knows Sabu will kick his ass. And Sandman's no athlete who just drinks like an alcoholic. It says, no offense to Fonzie. <laughs> says that. Uh, same with Sandman's gross teeth. Uh, he says, Sandman's sweat is toxic as well. He'll beat anyone who challenges him in hardcore heaven. And if his opponent puts on a good fight, he'll put a good word on for Monday nights. Sabu, too. Uh, awesome stuff. RVD's just on fire. It's, it's, it's almost impossible to recap the way he does these promos mm-hmm. because it's so... The asides are so on point and the timing is so beautiful. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, Sandman's, you know, Sandman's an alcoholic. He drinks like crazy. No offense, Fonzie. And then you got <laughs> Sandman with his gross teeth and his sweat is toxic. You know, like he just, <laughs> he's continuously like passive aggressively mocking Fonzie and Sabu and then apologizing to them um, because he's so funny. So, it's just like an insane character right now. He's so good. So good. Uh, we got Sandman crushing a beer. Candido ranting backstage about pay-per-view and Taz as he can choke Taz out again. He signed a contract for a TV title match at Hardcore Heaven, but maybe Taz is too scared to sign. But then he sees a Taz towel and the contract signed in blood sitting in his locker. We see Taz leaving the arena. He tells Candido he signed his death warrant in his own blood. Next, he'll taste Candido's blood. New Jack says if the Dudleys thought they put the gangsters down, they must be stupid, and they'll show up at Hardcore Heaven and bust ass. The Dudleys jump them and brawl in the hallway. Saturn comes in with Cronus, so they help New Jack out as all seven men throw down. And we fade. Uh, Matt, what did you think of this ending scene? Yeah, another great Pulp Fiction. Uh, As per usual, I had zero fucking idea what Candido was saying. So (laughs) (laughs) 
par for the core. Something about Taz and then, yeah, uh, good, good lord, man. Lay off the uppers for a bit. Uh, I thought New Jack was really great here, too. At one point, he said, I've been shot, I've been stabbed, I've even had gonorrhea, <laughs> which I thought was a fantastic line. <laughs> and the uh, the brawl with the Dudleys, I thought, was uh, really well done, too. So, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, really good Pulp Fiction here, as per usual, Jenna. Um... A blood signed contract sounds a little dramatic for what I know about Taz. <laughs> I mean, he's not low on the drama, but that seems like a little too far. So I'm like, what? It just seemed odd. Um, New Jack, good as always. I also noted the Conneria line. Now, he put it up there with stabbing and shooting. So I would imagine it's not very pleasant. No, it sounds unpleasant. Uh, and then. You know, the Eliminator is going to jump in, of course, because why would you not? Why does he keep walking around on his broken leg? He's an insane person. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I've never torn my ACL yet, thankfully. Um, so I don't, I don't know how, how, you know, I don't think you're supposed to be walking on it. So no, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure you're not. Yeah. I mean, if a leg's broken, it can't get more broken, so... There is that. Yeah, it can get damaged. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was, I figured it was okay before the surgery. It's like, well, whatever. Like you said, it can't make it worse. But now that he's had the surgery, it feels like he probably shouldn't be. Yes. Although, who knows the timing of all this shit when it was recorded? I I don't know. I don't know if it's before, if it's after, how far after. Like, Like, it's. I guess it's all pretty kludgy what the timeline is. Yeah, like um, I been... mean, it might be like three months already since he tore it. I have no idea. Like, right. I don't know where. Well, any especially of this lies. with a especially with a backstage segment like that, they could have filmed that right. like right after he tore it and had the cast put on. You know. Yeah. No, they were in a high school gym or some shit. This is clearly they're on the road. And... I guess I mean that we could be farther away from the rehab than we thought we were than we think we are. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. I don't know. I, I think he's just insane. He is insane. I well, mean, there's that. There should be. Probably for no, no pay. Um, I know. All right. Our awards. Uh, best match was our pretty much our only match, and that was Sabu versus Wild Bill Wilds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Worst match, none. None. Uh, best moment, uh, the assault in the cage. Yep. Yeah. Most 90s was, to me, I don't know. There weren't much here. I went with Rude dancing, doing the swivel. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, is is gonorrhea still a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's been fully eradicated yet. No. Well, damn. You don't hear much about it anymore. But that's I what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't, I'm not sure, honestly. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, stock rising, RVD, Sabu, Lawler, Triple Threat, Taz, the whole fucking thing. Yep, the usual suspects, basically. <laughs> Uh, stock falling again with poor Wiles and then Spike. Yeah, Wiles Aww. fell six. Wiles fell six feet under, unfortunately. Apparently, uh, gonorrhea is still around, you guys. So oh, watch out. I gotta is, be careful. This is the second most commonly reported bacterial STI. Shit. All right. Well, thankfully we don't have to worry about it. Apparently, so that's good. <laughs> yep. Well, we don't worry about it, I should say. So maybe we should be. All right, final grade. Uh, I had this on par with the last episode. I mean, again, we didn't have, like, a great match or anything, but 
the Sabu shit was awesome. The cage was incredible stuff. And then the rest just kind of batted it out. So I went seven out of ten. I did too. Yeah, this one I went seven on. Great episode. Okay. All right. Let's get to our next episode, and that is August 5th, 1997. We open with the triple threat, Rick Root and Francine backstage. Root is snuggling on Fran. They walk mm. through what happened in the cage. How Dreamer didn't offer him any scratch or a shot at Beulah. But Shane offered him a warm cooch while Sandman is offering <laughs> lung cancer and dialysis. Jeez. Shane offered heavenly bliss. <laughs> Root hypes up the triple threat and their matches at Hardcore Heaven. Shane issues a warning to Funk and talks up their history and his role in ECW's success. Usual delivered well stuff. Uh, great promo. Uh, Rude is, is such a good hype man, and this all at least makes sense, right? Yeah. Rude is basically said he's about the money and about the the snatch, uh, and and Douglas is paying him and giving him, uh, you know, a shot at Francine. So he's a happy man. He's here to protect Shane's interests. And Dreamer had a chance, but he wouldn't put Beulah on the line. And Sandman brings nothing to the table, basically, is what he's saying. So there you go. What do you think about this? You can't say cooch on television <laughs> in 1997. What are we doing? I don't care what time this aired. Good Lord. Uh, the lung cancer line destroyed me. Good. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Sandman offered him a lung cancer and dialysis. Good Christ. Uh, uh, Rick Rude uh, clearly only in it for uh, did it for the money and the women. Now we know. As if we didn't know before. Now he's, he's at least he said it now. So everything makes perfect sense. And yeah, I, I think Rude with the triple threat, I think is just going to be a perfect grouping i I think it's going to be really well done and i'm looking forward to see uh to where this goes jenny oh this whole scene was just so well done like rude and francine snuggling up and then shane just like pacing in the background and he just he just eviscerates (laughs) sandman and dreamer and and then shane takes over i mean look it's hot (laughs) i like it and well, Rick, Rick Lude lives on with Francine, and they, they probably got gonorrhea, too. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the ring for our next match. Rob Van Dam taking on Mikey Whipwreck, our first match, I should say. Mikey's back. Joey says, the largest live crowd in ECW history in the Golden Dome as RVD and Sabu stall a bit. Mikey watches carefully. Sabu kicks Mikey's knee and heads outside as RVD gets to work with a flurry of kicks and a course screw leg drop. RVD stomps away, shoots Mikey hard to the corner. Mikey comes back with a tornado DDT and loads into a Rana and then a second Rana to take RVD out to the floor. Mikey flies outside into Sabu, the somersault plancha, but RVD kicks away at him and shoves him back inside. RVD hits a slingshot guillotine and then starts to work on the back before mashing him with a great frog splash. Fonzie rants at ringside as Mikey comes rumbling back again. Mikey hits up top, but RVD crotches him. However, Mikey fights off and hits the top rope Rana. Mikey covers, but Sabu makes a save as Fonzie ties up the ref. Mikey brings the heat, but Sabu again comes in, hits Air Sabu off RVD's back. RVD hits a slingshot kick. Fonzie again ties up the ref. We get a rolling thunder combo for both guys for the end of the match and the win for RVD. Fun little sprint. They continue to work flawlessly as a team to smother opponents looking unstoppable. RVD's is complete next level in his work. I went two and a half stars. More great stuff from these guys, Matt. Uh yeah, uh, I'm I'm right there with. I went two stars on it, a little bit lower. I I thought it was a good showcase too, but I I, I do feel like I I almost wanted more 
uh, like more of a back and forth mm-hmm. because you know we, we've all want to see my more uh, Mikey do more and I don't know it just feels like he's really fallen off of a cliff like he's being yeah. treated he's being treated basically as showcase fodder for RVD now which I mean maybe that's what they think of Mikey now which doesn't really make sense to me like I feel like they could have found somebody else to put in here against RVD but I mean if they think that about Mikey I mean then I guess do this with him I don't know it just it feels like I don't fucking throw him in the BWO just do something with him you know like I don't know it's it's kind of sad to see uh, how Mikey has fallen given what he's meant to this company in the past but I mean this was pretty much the RVD show here so uh, it was a fine enough showcase match I went uh, I went two stars on it Jenny well of course I had similar thoughts um, about Mikey and his direction um, I always love to watch him wrestle so it's hard to like kind of complain about this spot here because look they could have just not done this, and I could have not seen Mikey Whitbrook, because this is what that's what's been happening in the past, unless he's tackling Spike, which I have been enjoying as well. So I thought they were gonna do something there, but if you needed to give somebody to RVD, I guess you know Mikey will make it fun. Um, that uh, frog splash was sick looking. Like RVD is just killing it in the ring, um, but there's like a lot of cheating here happening, you know, so. You know, a lot of interference, so it doesn't make Mikey look that bad, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, he's outnumbered. Um, I just want, like you said, I just want them to do something with him, and hopefully soon. So, I did two and a half for Mikey (laughs) and getting to see him. And also, I hate that fucking whistle. (laughs) (laughs) The best. Joey's in the ring. The crowd is rabid. He starts to run in the car, but out comes Rick Rude. He's all smiles. Joey says, Rude is no longer an announcer. He's not invited. Rude calls him a pissant, tells him to grow and bulk up or shut up, and, or we'll get a Rude awakening. The fans fire up aloud. You saw Dick Champ. Rude shuts that down and uh, tells him to shut up. Says, save for someone else that cares. Rude brings out Shane and Francine to a nice hometown pop. Shane tells Rude to go have his way with Fran, so she loosens up. And they head out. Shane is loving the pops and the crowd here. He says, Francine, he's the head of the triple threat, the most powerful force of wrestling. Fonzie, RVD, and Sabu march to the ring. Fonzie says they mean no disrespect, but RVD and Sabu are the greatest team in the world. And RVD says they're the greatest in Japan, other organizations, and ECW. And that while Shane is not a Monday Night Superstar, he is great for a weekend warrior. Fonzie says the greatest team in the world is RVD and Sabu, and that them, Lawler, and the WF are the greatest show on earth. Shane says, fuck the WF, as Terry Funk comes out. He says, you won't stand here and use the F word like these stooges shits on Pittsburgh. Shane takes a shot at Amarillo. Funk attacks, and then so does Sabu. Shane fights them both off until the ring fills with the whole locker room, and everyone starts brawling to ECW chants. Uh, not much accomplished, but a wild scene for the local Pittsburgh crowd that was super into Shane. Uh, we get Rude being a dick to Joey. So, I mean, not a ton here, Jenny, I guess, but entertaining. Yeah, it's funny how when Rude is is blasting Sandman and Dreamer, I'm laughing hysterically. But when he's being rude to Joey, I'm like, hey, you need to shut the fuck up. I will rip that mustache off your face. Like, we're not doing this. I did not like that whatsoever. Um, It was, mm -mm, nope, didn't want any of that. mm -mm, Sorry. But I did like the crowd really shitting on him a lot. So that helped. Um. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish besides maybe just 
showing off Shane, I guess. I don't know. Um, the brawl was fine. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, this was super strange, and I had the same thought you did, Jenny. It, it did kind of feel like a way to get Shane promo time in front in front of the crowd. To me, like I mean, he gets the hometown hero's reaction, of course, and then he when he grabs the mic, he says, "Finally." W crowd has some taste. So I feel like they, they kind of brought him out there just for that, just yes. to give him some microphone time in front of the crowd. Cause I mean, it really doesn't accomplish all that much. It was like a segment for the sake of having a segment. <laughs> like right. it was done basically just, just to kind of eat up time on TV. And I thought funk was super weird here. Like all of a sudden he doesn't want people to swear. You're Terry funk. What are you right? Yeah. About? It was yeah, totally I, was like... <laughs> I don't know. Like, I... I, I kind of feel like they were trying to have Funk do like a heelish tinge here because they knew Shane was going to get cheered. But good Lord, how, how about anything like Funk was going to get booed regardless if he was in there with Shane in, uh, you know, Pittsburgh. So wh- I don't know. It's just just a super weird segment. Uh, I am not a fan of a PG Funk. I'll say that. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like he was just trying to get booed there. But I don't know. I just, just Funk. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, time's yeah. Up. Time's I'm, I'm down on Terry. <laughs> I'm down on him, and I hate it because I love Terry Funk. Yeah, yeah. It's his time. I think they've just evolved. Um, just evolved past it a little mm-hmm. bit. I think so. Too. Yeah. All right. Jason is working up backstage. He doesn't care <laughs> if Douglas beats Funk and then shows off his pump. Joey's in the nest. He catches us up and hypes Hardcore Heaven. Joey says we have had a lot of injuries, and now Sandman will miss this Saturday night show at the arena. And what happens there could impact Hardcore Heaven. RVD is backstage with Sabu. Says the world is buzzing about Hardcore Heaven. Talks about facing Dreamer on Saturday and says Sabu challenges Funk at a barbed wire match. RVD says Tommy's whining about King ruining his sex life. Well, he's going to ruin his career as well. RVD hypes up Sabu, too, but slips in the backhand of comments as usual. <laughs> Sabu grabs him and then relents. RVD is flawless. Slips in the side comments while putting himself over. And then asks Sabu if he's going to get the first subtle shot after Sabu wins. Um, so, just again, just the usual strong performance from these guys. RVD said some of my best friends are freaks. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I was dying. Uh, he's, so he's on he's on another planet right now. He's unbelievable. Just it, it's his delivery really that really it adds is. to it. It's it's so good. And and even Sabu too, just like really playing into it, you know. Right. Without like, saying a fucking no thing. hesitation. Like whenever yeah, he right. says like he's not sneaking any of these insults past Sabu. Sabu is like, no bitch. <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> well it's funny oh. you look at Sabu and you just assume he doesn't really understand what anyone's saying, right? Because right? he's like right. just a fucking maniac, but he obviously <laughs> does resonate with him a little bit. <laughs> right. Because he makes the faces, but good stuff. Uh, all right, we get a recap of last week's backstage brawl with all the tag teams. Joey then in the nest says Mustafa probably will not escape the hospital in time for Hardcore Heaven. He recaps our confusing tag title scene. Gertner and the Dullies are backstage to talk about Heat Wave and the contractual situation around the tag titles. Gertner thinks both gangsters are unlikely to make the pay per view, meaning they'll be stripped of the titles and someone will have to defend them. He thinks the Dudleys will be that team. It'll keep him help him keep his head and chest hair and then brags about getting the Dudleys to be the only team to win the belts by losing a match. Bubba plays dumb and tells the gangsters to come take their rightful titles because they stuck having to carry them through the airport. He mocks the eliminators and rambles on while Dick growls. Gertner was good again, but Bubba's rambling went on too long. And again, this is just too confusing. Like I'm ready for this tag situation to end at hardcore heaven and move on to something else, Matt. 
Yeah, this this tag division is kind of a mess right now. <laughs> they they need some fucking stability fast. Like it's just it's way too convoluted. It's way too cute. Like I feel like they're getting too cute with it, and it's too convoluted for their own damn good. It's just rid- and I thought Bubba was absolutely terrible here. All of a sudden he's Southern again. When did that happen? <laughs> like. Uh, it's just it, like he's just ran, and even I feel like Gertner was even he was good, but again I feel like he was a step below what he normally is. So I, I, I don't know. It just it, it, we we got to get past this somehow, past the paper whatever they do at the pay per view that needs to be it, and they just need to move on and never fucking mention it again because it's it's time to get some sort of stability here in the tag division. Jenny. I would completely agree with that. Uh, He did have a good line that I noted is, was, and will continue to be in the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, and like I even had to watch this promo twice uh, because I was like, is Bubba turning on Joel? Like, what is happening? They they just lost the whole thread of what they were supposed to be doing in the middle of that. Um, Just confusing as fuck. I'm like, whatever, just, just. Somebody, somebody go to a match. I don't know. Like, I'm it's confusing. Yeah, it's, it's confusing. This is one of the problems because we do have, we've talked about this a bit now. It's a very soft tag division at the moment. Mm. Yep. We just don't have a lot of depth. So, like, you had three teams. Two of them are, are fucked up in one way or another, right? Saturn's out. Something's going on with New Jack and Mustafa. There's either an injury, one of them's in jail. Like, like who knows what's going on, right? <laughs> Um, and then you got the Dudleys and like, that's it. You got RVD and Sabu, but they're kind of above the tag division mm-hmm. right. and other stuff. And like we had first and the fawn for a minute, they're gone. So yeah. it's like, we don't really have anybody around. And the divisions went very, very light, very quickly well, after what was and the pit bulls are vanished. I don't know where they are. So it's like, we kind of don't really have anything. We had a real deep division earlier in the year, but Mm -hmm. Um, They need to find some guys to stick together here to mix us up because we just kind of have nothing going on. I was enjoying Spike and Mike. Um, Where's the FBI? Um, But the the problem with the FBI is they haven't legitimized them. They're treated like stooges. So it's like we could do that. I guess you get the triple threat. Like, could we put Candido and Bigelow together as a team? Like, that'd be good. Yeah, they just keep getting involved with like Taz and Larry and other. People. Yeah, we just we need a refresh because yeah. they banked on these three teams and now we're in this weird story where we don't know what we have. So <laughs> right, I don't know. Jason's still working out. He doesn't care about Taz and Candido <laughs> still. Uh, Candido and uh, is in our next match by the way against Spike Dudley. Candido comes out in Taz's gear. He's got a towel. The crowd got fooled. It was pretty good until he did the it reveal. Was. It was. Uh, and he's jacked. Candido's fucking yeah. jacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been working oh, yeah. his ass off. Uh, Spike stomps around at the bell, but Candido takes him down and works the leg, clubs away as Joey wonders why he'd want to piss off Taz. Spike counters with a dropkick that knocks Candido outside and meets him with a somersault senton off the apron. Back inside, Spike slugs away but gets caught and mashed with an Alabama slam. Candido hits a vertical suplex and chokes away as the crowd chants for Barry Horowitz. Candido dodges a leapfrog, sends Spike flying with a released German. Candido puts Spike on the top rope and hits his top rope powerbomb, the blonde bombshell, for the win. Uh, squash Shitty is Candido's peaking right now with a massive pay-per-view match on tap. He looks great. I mean, he's locked in. He's ripped. He's been great in the ring. Just really, really on fire. Star and a half, Jenny, for this match here. Yeah, I did the two stars. Um, I, I really loved the Taz fake out uh, at the beginning. Like, to the point where I think he went to, got some extra layer of tanning. Like, I think he was, like, really trying <laughs> to pull that off. And it was, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, And just a 
absolute murder of Spike. Um, one of those suplexes almost broke his neck. Um, and it threw him like halfway across the ring. So it was brutal looking. Um, the finish especially. So I liked it. God. I hate it for Spike, but <laughs> it was fun to watch, Matt. Yeah, I went uh, I went two stars on it too. A really fun showcase match for Candido. I uh, I actually I gave it the extra bump. It was probably worth a star and a half as a match, but I gave it the extra bump for the Same. Taz cosplay because yep. I thought he was really well done. And uh, yeah, Candido throwing Spike around like he weighs 10 pounds. That German suplex was sick. Uh, the super bomb always looks great, especially on a small guy like Spike where he just chucks him halfway across the ring. So yeah, uh, two stars for on this showcase match too. Shows a lot of balls going after Taz like that. Too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, it shows yeah, he's I, fucking insane, but okay. We already yeah. knew that. Well, it, is Candi- it is Candido, so. All right, Taz is via satellite. He says Candido's playing mind games from 400 miles away. Candido entertains the people, and Taz's not mad. He's Joe Cool from Brooklyn. He says if he did get mad and he demonstrates some holes on his students, he said he'd be all business. He eventually chokes out one of them while calling uh, him Candido. Pretty good stuff as usual from Taz. A little bit of a different uh, slant on it, but I thought it was well done. This is the man who screamed Path of Rage for like a year. And he's like, oh, I'm not mad. I ain't never been mad. What are you talking about? <laughs> Let me go murder this guy real quick in my dojo. Like, okay. <laughs> it was pretty good. With the red light and stuff to it. Yeah. He, he's he's showing some real psychological stuff. <laughs> he's, he's trying to go a little deep with his TV title. Mm-hmm. I, I never get tired of watching Taz just fuck people up, whether it be wrestlers, students, whoever. Hell, he could just choke out a guy on the street and I'd fucking watch it, to be honest with you. But I, I also like that there was a lot of uh, red lighting in this, yeah. uh, perhaps, too, perhaps too much red lighting, but I, I do think it work, worked. Uh, he also said at one point that he never got mad at Sabu. I don't think that's true. That sounds like a bold-faced lie to me. But, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Taz is just... Uh, incredible he's on an incredible run and this was uh this was no exception great stuff all right joey hypes up the big arena show on saturday he says uh you know i'll have a barbed wire match he kind of talks that up between funk and sabu funk is backstage talks about how much he loves philadelphia and texas but he hates pittsburgh it's full of ignorant people like shane douglas inbreds now he's headed to fall lauderdale for pay-per-view he hasn't been there in 10 years he left because of all the stupid crackers and dusty roads but now he comes back for the pay-per-view it's the Haitians, the people from Nassau and others from the South that infiltrated Miami and Southern Florida. They are ignorant crackers, educated those people on how to murder and car rob and rape and insanity. The crackers and Florida fools did it, but now he has to go back there and all he wants to do is go home. He's getting out of the wrestling business, but won't lose the belt. If it takes his last breath, he says he doesn't get butterflies still about matches like this. He's not afraid of Sabu or any man, and he'll leave his champion. This made no fucking sense. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Funk is a heel. I don't know if he even knows what he's talking about. It's all over mm-hmm. the place. Uh, the Haitians in Miami. I, I don't know. I have no clue what any of this means. He has completely lost the narrative. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's time. It, maybe it's time for I can see maybe why he's ready to hang it up. Um, it feels like he's not even really in this feud. I guess the match with Shane helped, but like now we're shitting on Pittsburgh. Like Shane's never really been like, he doesn't represent Pittsburgh. He, he like, you know, he talks it out, but it's not like, it's just an odd... I, I don't get it. I don't know. I just got nothing. You don't understand the stupid Florida crackers. 
What what about that? Did you know? They not taught of, apparently they taught the Haitians how to murder. Which I, I didn't realize that. And rape. Uh, I mean, is he talking about like Columbus? Are we talking about like in the 1400s? Is that what he's no, talking he's about? He's old enough. Rose. He's old enough. He would remember it. So. I mean, are we talking modern times? Like I, I don't I have no clue what we're talking about. <laughs> They're inbreds, all of them. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> I was dying. I don't know. It, None of it makes sense. It didn't, but I was highly entertained. And then the, <laughs> I lost it when he said, I do quiver a bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> weird. It was just really weird. Yeah. What What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, it was awesome. It, it, this makes no fucking sense. <laughs> like... Uh, he he talks. He starts rambling about dusty roads. At one point, he called him a pig-lipped, egg-sucking dog. Like he's just he's just rambling, and he's not saying anything of consequence. And I mean, when you add in the fact that this motherfucker's barely been on TV too, mm-hmm. and then he finally cuts a promo after you know being off for right. a year and a half, and this is the promo he has. Like, good, just absolutely terrible. There was zero point to any any of this, and uh, just good lord. Well, it feels like he doesn't really know what's going on. He's just like, all yeah. right, Terry, go out and go out and cut a promo about Shane. You know, like, I just, all right. Uh, like, it is, it is just weird. Talk about like, Shane in Florida. He's got short-term memory, and he remembers them cheering Shane. So he went, well, I guess I'm a heel. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. The whole thing short-term is weird. <laughs> he remembers yeah. Florida and the crackers. Uh, right. like Long-term memories aren't he's affected, like a, apparently. Yeah. He, he's like a goldfish. All right. Paulie uh, dangerously narrates the history of barbed wire matches in ECW. We had the Funks versus Public Enemy, Sandman versus Cactus Jack twice, and Sandman versus Raven. And Paul says this weekend is Sabu's first and only U.S. barbed wire match, and it'll happen at the ECW arena on Saturday night. Joey's in the nest says these next two weeks are the most historic in ECW history. He pushes the fans to be a part of it. We get some clips from the Golden Dome show set to intense music. As we wrap up, Jenny, any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, no. Um, I the whole funk thing just sort of blew my mind. So, you know, it was I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. The the only thing I'll add quick is that it is super ballsy of this company to book a barbed wire match a week before a big pay per view <laughs> for their world title. Right. I like it. I guess so. they're trying to sell that show, but yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, awards. Best match. I'm with RVD and Mikey. I believe so. Yep. Worst match. Candida Spike. Even though I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. they were about the same. They were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, best moment. I went the RVD and Sabu promo. No, it, it was definitely Terry Funk's promo. Oh god. <laughs> <That's awful. laughs> oh god. Yeah, I'll go with uh, RVD and Sabu too. Uh, most 90s, I, I, there wasn't a lot of options. I went the Golden Dome. Just, like, the idea of the Golden Dome, it looked like a 90s venue. No. The Golden Dome. I think that's what Francine was doing to Rue. <laughs> that was a blowjob joke. It was. And a pee joke, too. Well, it, yeah. Well, wow, I didn't even think of that. You're right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. Stock rising, rude. Rude's rising in more ways than one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. RVD and Sabu and the triple threat. Mm, yep. Yeah. 
and sock falling. I went with Mikey, and, and it's just Bad. stuck in the mud. Yep, spite uh, too a little bit. I'd I'd argue funk. How dare you? <laughs> what about those guys in the dojo? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Final grade. This is definitely the worst one we've seen tonight. Um, Not a very exciting episode. Not a ton going on. So I ended up going five out of ten. Ooh. Well, I did the six. I don't know. I kind of hated this episode. I went four. (laughs) (laughs) There wasn't much going on. I mean, it it was a real throwaway. Yeah. Yeah. The the matches weren't great. The promos were super. I mean, depending on your point of view on Terry Funk, I guess the promos were either hit or miss. But yeah, just not great. I like Jason more than you guys. What can I say? <laughs> All right. It is now time for our very special match that we're going to cover. Uh, it was one that was not shown on the weekly TV because of just how bad it was. I mean, not bad, but how brutal it was. Uh, um, they never aired it. It did air, uh, I believe, on home video as part of Born to be Wired, the uh, arena show. It also was on the one of the ECW DVDs released by Dodie, Bloodsport. So it was on there. Uh, and Rocco felt this is one we had to cover as we chronicle ECW history. And that's Terry Funk versus Sabu from Born to be Wired. It's the barbed wire match we just talked about going down in the arena uh, for the ECW heavyweight title. So we fired this up. It was, like I said, on the Bloodsport DVD. And we figured we'd cover it because obviously it's a pretty big match mm-hmm. historically. So let's dive in. Uh, the match again popped up out of nowhere ahead of the pay-per-view. Funk and Sabu set the throw down. The ring surrounded by barbed wire. The crowd is buzzing during the intros. Joey calls the ref a poor son of a bitch as he gets introed. <laughs> we get some boxing style dancing as we ease in. Joey says most of this match will never air on TV due to violence. It's just for video. Funk takes Sabu down. He soaks in some punches but maintains control. Sabu hits the brakes to avoid the wire on a whip and we reset. Funk does the same as the crowd gets antsy. Sabu kicks away, grabs a camel clutch. Funk gets out and snaps off a neckbreaker and then stuffs Sabu with a nice pile driver for two. Funk follows with the DDT, tries to spike Sabu into the wire, but he blocks. They battle for a minute from there. Neither guy will give in. Sabu gets a Rana into a cover, but Funk shoves him off and he darts into the wire. Funk grinds Sabu against the wire, ripping him open. Then he whips him into it again and crotches him on it as the crowd is starting to lose it. Funk rips Sabu out of the wire. He tears his pants apart, punches at him, and shoots him into the wire again. Funk unloads punches, but Sabu reverses a whip, and now the champ gets slung into the wire, and Sabu ties him into it. Funk, uh, Fonzie tosses a couple chairs to Sabu, and he pays Funk with a handful of times. Funk rolls away from the chair right into the wire, so Sabu scratches it across his face and slices him open. Sabu rips off a piece of wire and keeps jabbing it into the cut. It's gross. Sabu gets two and keeps slugging away and tries to air Sabu. Funk moves, and he screens into the barbed wire. Sabu's arms all fucked up and bleeding. He looks to be in shock a little bit mm-hmm. as he's talking to Fonzie. I think he's, I think his biceps really badly sliced open. Mm-hmm. Fonzie tries to keep Sabu, help Sabu tape his cup, but Funk keeps pulling him away. It's a neck breaker through two open chairs. Sabu hulks up with a flurry of strikes, but Funk punches him back down. Funk is swearing at Sabu as he clobbers him to the floor. Funk follows. They trade up blows out there until Funk grinds Sabu across the wire. Back inside, Funk goes for a toehold, but Fonzie gets on the apron. Funk grabs him and drags him across the wire. Funk turns and suplexes Sabu's stomach first across the wire. Funk grabs a shard and wraps his fist with it and then punches Fonzie in the head and rakes it across his back. Just sick stuff. Funk pummels Fonzie with a wire fist and cuts another piece off and whips Sabu with it. 
Outside, Funk shoves Fonzie into a table and beats on him some more. Funk comes back in and walks into the barbed wire, cut a shot to the head. Sabu sips the wire off as RVD comes in with work gloves on and punches at Funk. RVD knocks Funk outside and wraps him up in a massive strand of wire, tying him to it. RVD puts Funk on a table. Sabu smashes him through it with a leg drop off the apron to a big pop. Out comes Tommy Dreamer. He rattles RVD with a trash can lid and then DDTs him on the floor. Tommy carries RVD to the back as Funk rolls in the ring. Sabu follows and gets a two count. Sabu drags another table to the edge of the ring, puts Funk on it as the crowd tries to rally the champ. Sabu goes back in the ring, gets another massive, massive ball of wire, wraps it around his ass, his legs, and hits an apron leg drop through Funk, through the table, through the mess of wire. They roll back inside. They're all tied together, and Sabu gets a two count. Sabu then drives Funk to the mat with his shoulders again and presses the wire into him and ends up getting three to win the title to the shocked crowd. They get a, a, both get an ovation as medics and officials work to cut them free. Tommy comes out too as Fonzie parades with the titles, with the title. Uh, insane level of violence. The type of stuff you hear complaints about from all the ECW detractors, <laughs> uh, for sure. Like, oh, just blood and this and that. Uh, but they did a great job telling the story through it. Like, both guys were not really at ease, but amped it up as it went. Aiming for the gold. Funk is insane doing the shit at his age. As much as we've been kind of shitting on him. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Sabu's a madman. The title switch is out of nowhere. Sabu ends Funk's dream reign. It looks like he's going to head to Hardcore Heaven as champion. Uh, the match was hard to grade, but it was sick to watch. It was enthralling the whole time. Just pure violence. And I ended up going four stars. Like, I didn't know what to give it. It's so unique mm-hmm. and different. Uh, it was captivating. The crowd was into it. So, I mean, this is something like I'm dying to see again. I don't know, but... Uh, in its in its own little vacuum, it's it's a pretty wild uh, scene. So Matt, I went four stars. Booking wise, I, I don't really get the point. Like it's not like Funk is out of the pay per view. I know Sandman might be out of it, so I guess you need to do something with Sabu. But why not just add him to the title match and do it at Hardcore Heaven? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just interesting that they took the belt off for Funk here. After coming this far, why not just do it at the pay per view? But either way, Sabu is our new world champion. So, uh, like you, I I also uh, struggle to rate it because I mean it's just, it's a super violent spectacle and it's it's a great match. It's awesome to watch, but it's like it's kind of like how do you rate <laughs> something like this? It's it's super tough, and I mean the drama in it is incredible. The violence is sick. The blood is ridiculous. Uh, Sabu ends up getting around a hundred stitches in his arm, I think, to close that wound. I think was the number I read a hundred stitches. So uh, yeah, definitely uh, <laughs> really bad on Sabu, and you can see just how awful it was uh the reason why i didn't go higher is i feel like at the end they kind of lost the step a little bit which i get it the guy's 53 years old and he's fucking right. bleeding out but yeah, yeah. so I, I i understand why but i i feel like they could have you know done maybe a little something more and i wonder if sabu winning the title was the pl- planned finish because i and and i don't know this i'm just asking the question because i do seem to remember reading that um they became so tangled up in the barbed wire that they kind of needed to end the match because they couldn't move and i also see uh read that i think the wire was getting close to being wrapped around funk's neck so i I do wonder if maybe they couldn't just roll funk on top Right. That's so. That's why I'm asking. I I don't know. Right. I'm 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 just asking. I don't know. Maybe if it has something to do with that, because it is a weird spot to have uh, Funk drop the title when you have a pay per view in like a week's time from now. So um, I really don't know. If somebody out there knows, you know, <laughs> let us know. But yeah, it's it's a brutal match. It's a sick match. It's 
up there, probably maybe the most violent match ECW ever had. Just incredibly brutal. Uh, it's a, a violent spectacle. So I, uh, I also went four stars on it. I think they did it just because they wanted to fucking do it. Because Terry Funk is insane and also Sabu is insane. Yeah, that's true. And they're like, at what other point in our lives are we going to be here at where we're at? And we might as well do a goddamn barbed wire match. And I was curious about this, Will, for many reasons. But Sabu uses the ropes for almost all of his badass Mm -hmm. shit that he does. So I'm like, what can Sabu do if you take the ropes away? (laughs) And it turns out it's just a lot um just <laughs> he can still wrap the fucking barbed wire around his body and slam into a table with it so like okay <laughs> guess you don't need the ropes sabu um because they just they just go like they just it's like they can't feel it and mm-hmm. and but then they but you know <laughs> the blood is just everywhere um and they really are reacting like they you know like there's nothing about this that looks fake. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just fascinating. Like, to me, it's just getting in the mindset to, like, go into a match like that and do a match like that and make it incredible instead of just, like, it hurts all the time, you know? Um, killing Fonzie was my favorite part of the match. Um, he finally gets his ass whooped good so i really appreciated that um i mean it's it's incredible if you haven't seen it you need to watch it um rating it was not hard for me because i love shit like this and i gave it four and a half stars wow okay i don't i mean i don't think that's crazy at all like it's such a unique match um it really completely stands out so yeah i i I don't think it's crazy at all. It's it's just so different. I kept thinking if I was in the front row or first couple rows, I would be a freaking wreck trying to watch this match. Because, like, you don't know. You don't know what's going to whip across there. You know, like, the Mm -hmm. way that it was so, like, janky looking, too, Mm -hmm. like, with the way the wires were. It was just horrifying looking. Like, even me, and I love this shit. Like, even me, I would be super nervous. It was a spectacle. I mean, even Sabu looked shook when he first I cut his did. arm. Like, his oh, face yeah. was like, oh, fuck. Like, did I really yep. screw something up? Because it looked like he, like, completely ripped his bicep off. Yeah. Um. All right. But he's continued. You know, that didn't oh, yeah, he's not. stop him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Well, all right, Rocco, thanks for making us watch that. Definitely yes. worthwhile. And, mm-hmm. and we have to cover it here. It's a major total change, obviously. So, good stuff. All right, go more week of TV to close out with before Hardcore Heavens. Let's get to August 12th. We start with clips from Sabu and Funk at the arena, including Dreamer showing up and taking out RVD. Sabu, Funk, and Fonzie all bloody messes. Sabu gets a near fall on Funk and puts him through a table. Uh, the spool of barbed wire on his own ass. Just sick stuff. The two tangled in the wire. Sabu uh, ends up winning the title. Just a huge surprise on the doorstep of the pay-per-view. I think we talked enough about that. We got a Hardcore Heaven promo. Joey's in the nest. We are at Hardcore Heaven 97 weekend. Sabu defending against Funk and Douglas. So we now have a rematch of the night the line was crossed, 1994. Interesting. The first main event we covered, Jenny, way back in the day when we started the uh, this I podcast. So. And I was that their end goal? 
you know, is that why they did the barbed wire? Just so we could pull Sabu in and do it and have a repeat? I think Sandman getting hurt threw them off, and and Sabu was too hot to leave off the pay-per-view. Why they felt the need to do a title change to get there, like, I think they could have easily just added Sabu to the match, but Mm -hmm. um, anyway. So that's our new main event for the pay-per-view. Taz will defend the TV title against Chris Candido. The tag titles will be defended by the Dudleys or the Gangsters against PG-13. And Rob Van Dam takes on Al Snow. Jerry Lawler against Rob Van Dam. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, Lawler, Rob Van Dam, Bigelow all in action as well. So uh, lots going on. Lawler against Dreamer, I should say. And Bigelow in action. So that's our card heading into Hardcore Heaven. I yeah. butchered it a bit, but. <laughs> no, it's just, just weird. Like Al yeah. Snow? What the fuck? Yeah, we're pulling guys kind like of out of nowhere. It's like a storm here. situation all over right. again. Nope. I'm already kind of angry about it. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, let's go to the ring. Spike Dudley takes on Bam Bam Bigelow. Spike stomps out with a chair, marches his way to the ring. Bigelow comes out. A really great vibe and presence since joining the triple threat. Mm-hmm. Bamber fires up the crowd, asks where he should throw Spike. Bamber clubs away to get going, starts chucking Spike around recklessly. Bigelow puts Spike up over his head and drops him hard to the mat. Joey wonders who will ever want to sign up to face him this weekend. Bigelow hits a release vertical suplex and stomps some more and flings him outside. Bigelow follows out, batters him into the railing. Joey puts over Bigelow hard as Spike is bloody. He can barely pull himself up. He makes it back in the ring, but Bigelow continues to chuck him around and then mashes him with an avalanche. Spike narrowly dodges a top rope moonsault and brings some punches, forearms, and drop kicks. Bigelow is rattled. Spike doesn't even get a one count when he covers. Spike keeps unloading the arsenal, gets two on another cover. Bigelow comes back with a nasty back suplex to counter a bulldog, but in comes Spike with a low blow and a Rana and a victory roll for the upset win. Uh, I, it was a fun near squash. I mean, Bigelow was vicious mm-hmm. with his with his offense, perfect opponent for him. Spike had a pretty fun comeback too. The crowd was into it. The vibe was good. Bigelow feels special. The pop was good. I'm just I'm not sure I like the finish. Uh, Bigelow is so new and vital. I guess we'll see where it goes from here, but like, it didn't feel like the guy that we needed to see get an upset loss. Like just, I feel like he's in the position that I don't know. It felt like we didn't really need it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if spike is on the come up, maybe the Mikey, you know, Mikey type of route, but mm-hmm. we'll see where we go from there. So I went two and a half Jenny. Just we'll see where it plays out, but it just felt like, I don't know. Bigel is really still getting established in many ways. Like, is he already the guy that's getting upset by the plucky underdog? Yeah, and it had, like, a big match feel, too, in the beginning. Because, like, they all got intros and, like, shit was happening. I'm like, there's a lot of hype for Bigelow and Spike. But Mm. um, I don't disagree with you about Bigelow, but I do love this for Spike. And it does feel like that little Mikey um, push. But, you know, Bigelow's in, you know, triple threat. That's a big deal now. Like, I, I like, I think the better story here is Spike coming up than putting more gas on Bigelow, if that makes sense. Like, cause Bigelow will have his time. Spike really won't get these chances, you know? So I don't know. I liked, I liked the finish and I, I thought it was really gutsy um, on Spike's part. And I thought Bigelow played it pretty well too um, at the end. So I want the three, Matt. 
Uh, I went two and a half on it. Uh, I, I didn't mind the finish all that much. Like, I, I took it as Bam Bam almost kind of got cocky, and then he got caught by the victory roll. It's not like, you know, right. Spike be, Spike didn't beat him with a finisher or anything. So, I mean, I, I didn't really mind it, and it probably sets up a rematch down the line, so I think we're good with that, too. But, uh, yeah, super fun match. I just I just think Bam Bam against a smaller guy is so fun to watch. It is so yeah. The way he's able to just chuck these uh, spike around the ring is so cool to watch. Just throwing this man 20 feet across the ring. Good Lord. Uh, Bam Bam missing a moonsault. That was a hell of a bump, too. So, uh, yeah, uh, I like it. Like you said, uh, Spike getting a bit of a Mikey push here. The underdog push. Maybe he's maybe he's the new Mikey. Uh, Spikey Dudley. We can Spikey. Call him. Oh, so uh, <laughs> I also went to an F. The jobber torch has been passed. <laughs> Backstage, Sabu's getting stitched up, has already pimps the title belt. Fonzie rants as usual, already says Sabu is being a baby and shows that he has a small cut on his nose. That's much worse to deal with. <laughs> Joey chats about Hardcore Heaven, mainly the main event uh, by a rematch from three and a half years ago. The matchup at ECW on the map. We get highlights of the end of Douglas Funk from Pittsburgh. Shane is in control, hits three straight belly-to-bellies. Hammers on the busted head. Sabu comes out and slugs Douglas, stomps on him and Funk. Sabu then wipes out Douglas and leads him to get pinned by Funk to booze from the hometown crowd. So, I don't know, Matty, quick thoughts there. Just a highlight from the main event for the Golden Dome. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I guess, you know, there really ended up being no reason for that segment then since uh, Shane and Funk are in the main event. So what the hell was the point of it? You know, that's it. I'm changing my score to a three and a half now for that episode. No, but yeah, it's just it's just not much here. I mean, it was uh, house show highlights and it looked pretty good what we saw. But yeah, I, I just think uh, I think we're all kind of over Funk, although we did just watch that barbed wire match. So maybe he could pull that out again. So I don't know. I, I feel torn on Funk now after watching that barbed wire match. Yeah, it is kind of weird, ain't it? Because you're like, oh, I'm over this guy's guy, whatever. Fuck, he's old, and then he just destroys himself in the match. Right. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, but I don't know. I I'm ready for him to go. Time to retire. <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joey talks about the matches of Hardcore Heaven, Taz Candido, RVD Snow, Lawler Dreamer, and now Bigelow versus Spike in a rematch <laughs> on the pay-per-view. So we'll All see right. if Bigelow gets his revenge. Joey talks about censorship, Disney, Insane Clown Posse, and Choice, and tells the fans to make decisions for themselves about ordering Hardcore Heaven. Joey says they'll work the hardest to make it the best pay-per-view of the year, and they ask their fans for the support. Lawler will get an extreme boot-up as Royal Can on Sunday, so that might pique your interest. Mm-hmm. We get a long recap video of Dreamer Lawler feud with insect comments from Lawler, who wants to expose Tommy and end this war. Joey's in the nasty heist up hardcore heaven some more. We get a replay of Taz in the dojo with his warning to Candido. Joey's in the nest talks more about Taz. Taz in the back promises violence on Sunday. His weapons are his hands and he'll choke out Candido. Joey in the nest talks about the delis feeling too comfortable. And that means you may not anticipate surprises. Brings us to our last match of the night, and that is the Dudley Boys taking on Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. Some tag action. We clip uh, from some feeling out to Dick pulling down the top rope on Balls. He beats on him outside. <laughs> Axel and Balls walk off. They return with Hack Myers, and now we get a six-man brawl with the sides even. They clean out the rest of the family. All three hammer on Dick until he wilts to the mat and bails. 
We clip ahead to Balls hitting a top rope leg drop on Devon for two. Axel mashes Bubba in the head with a chair shot. We clip again to Devon nailing Sign Guy by accident. The Shaw rolls him up for two. Shaw keeps working over Devon as Balls beats on Dick with a chair at ringside. We clip ahead and du- the Dudleys finish the Shaw with a 3D. Uh, fun little segment. Good to see the Shaw back. The crowd is hot for this one. Mm-hmm. We didn't get much of it. It was a fine brawl to set up the Dudleys for the pay-per-view. I, I didn't give a grade to this, Jenny. Just, just kind of clips. I didn't either, but I, I'll tell you, I, I really did pop for um, <laughs> for the hack fires coming back in. Um, maybe he's coming back. Maybe he can help shake Has up. he been gone since the Scorpio thing, or has he I, been on since? I feel like he was, he had one he, or two. I don't know. I mean, because that was the November to remember. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, he's probably been in Japan or somewhere, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I I didn't rate this either. It was uh, cool to see, you know. It, it looked pretty good from what we saw. Uh, I think Balls and Axel as a team makes perfect sense to me. So I, I mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully they uh, they keep going with that. Uh, Hack Myers returning after a uh, seemingly year long absence was uh, yeah, I wa- wasn't expecting to see that. <laughs> when I saw this match on paper, wasn't expecting fucking Hack Myers of all people to come out. But yeah, this right. looks uh, this looks completely fine, and it makes sense that Myers. Is the guy to eat the pinfall so all right joey recaps the recent happenings of the tag division to set up hardcore heaven we get a recap of rude's heel turn at heat wave joey that runs down the full pay-per-view card one more time reminds us that sandman is out due to injury dreamers backstage talks about all the pain he's experienced at ecw he continues on because it's his home and he'll fight for what he believes in he will make lawler bleed and feel his pain live on pay-per-view and we get a hype video for hardcore heaven to wrap us up all right, awards, uh, best match was really our only match that was Bigelow versus Dudley. Yep. Mm-hmm. Best moment, Sabu's barbed wire leg drop, even though it wasn't really on the show. That was my favorite. <laughs> yep, right. Yeah, it's got to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, most 90s, I went the last-minute title swaps and pay-per-view card changes. Yeah. <laughs> that Lawler inset promo, too. Oh, yeah. With yeah, the yeah. Lo- yeah, that was terrible. Somebody straight, was- out of, straight out of a 1990s, like... <laughs> recorder thing that was awful (laughs) was very 90s but it was bad uh sock rising i went sabu bigelow and spike Mm, and rotten and balls yeah balls (laughs) that's what they should call them dick rotten balls is their team name it's their new team name (laughs) stock falling us with funk (laughs) yeah yep amazing amazing it's God, four Lord. and a half star match. <laughs> he lost the title before the pay-per-view. <laughs> Maybe that's why he lost the title. They saw the fucking promo and said, oh, God, this guy's <laughs> insane. <laughs> yeah. uh, final grade, I went five and a half out of ten on this. You know, a little bit better than the last one. But it was just, you know, you could tell they were a bit out of footage and just trying to get to the pay-per-view pretty much. It's just the final hype to get you to order at the time, which was fine at the time. It did its job. Yeah, I'm going to do the five, too. Like, it, it was a lot of clips and just disorganized chaos and not in a great way. <laughs> it just kind of yeah. left me kind of not that hyped for the show, honestly. Uh, th- this this was an episode of uh, Hardcore TV that happened, five out of ten. <laughs> yep. All right, that'll do it for tonight. So we'll be back in two weeks with Hardcore Heaven 97. Uh, of course, check out everything we have to offer here at the North-South Connection. 
tons of great shows coming at you each and every day. Of course, Jenny Position Wednesdays, different shows from you, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cover mainly kind of old school classic wrestling like this show, but we also have some coverage of current day wrestling as well, mainly on Fridays or over pay-per-view weekends. So be sure to check all that out. Uh, that said, how do you guys feel about Hardcore Heaven? You feeling feeling good? You ready? I feel confused, honestly. <laughs> like, like, there's not that many matches. So, I don't know. Um, and, and it's in Fort Lauderdale. So, I'm worried about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's a weird one. Because there's been so many changes and so many, like, different matches. I feel like a match has changed every week since we started right. building to Hardcore Heaven. So, it's like, what are we... Are we actually going to see any of these fucking matches? Like, is this all right. going to happen? Or are they going to well, change it again? And you it's know? tough, too. Because it's like, this is their second ever pay-per-view. Right. And it feels like they had this amazing summer with this super hot feud, but it also feels like we're, we're kind of limping in a little bit, re- mm-hmm. weirdly, yep. too. So, um, If we didn't have the rude turn, this would all be trash. I mean, I'm just, well, outside of RVD and Sabu, but like, right. I'm saying there would not be a strong hook for me because the rude stuff right. is really the. Well, and the payoff to Lawler Dreamer. I mean, we, yeah. you know, this has been well built. Like, I don't want to forget right. that, but. Everything else seems, I mean, Taz Candido's kind of been microwaved, which, you know, should still be good. Uh, the main event now is kind of out of nowhere. Like, Sandman's not on the show. Uh, you know, Bigelow's fighting ostensibly a job. Robert D's fighting a guy we never really see. We've seen him, like, once yeah, a year and a half ago. No. Right. Uh, the tag division's kind of a mess coming in. So, um, it's definitely a, a, a shaky card. I mean, I think it's one that they're selling on the premise that it's ECW. And you get to see it somewhere you may not ever get to see it, right? right. If you're in Oklahoma, you may not ever get to see CW. So yeah. it's your chance to see what it's about, right? So it's, you're kind of being sold right now on the fact that it's ECW on mm-hmm. pay-per-view. So. All right. That'll do it. We're going to wrap up again. Happy Thanksgiving. You can go ahead and enjoy your turkey now. And you listened. We'll talk to you in two weeks' time with Hardcore Heaven. So then, stay it. Yeah.